Hi everyone, thank you for listening. My name is Renier, and right now will be the interviewer for our next podcast episode that will be about the Parque Zona Franca Navarrete in Dominican Republic. And here we have the operation manager of this zone, Martin. Say welcome to everyone. Thank you. Hi for Michelle, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for participating. Don't worry. Um, so let's begin. Martin, uh, tell us about the history of Zona Franca Navarrete. Why it was created? It began in 1984 as a coat manufacturer, particularly a woman's wool coat manufacturer. A lot of the supply chain that was, was used to make the coats decided to move next to, to the plant. And from there, throughout the years, um, it, has, it has become the, the industrial and commercial real estate and services business that it is now. What challenges do you think the sun um, confronted, like, overcome in the last few years? As it, as it kept growing and, and we provided the buildings and the services, recruitment for, for the different types of industries, and this is a challenge that persists till today, it's, is the, the ability to provide infrastructure for the diversity of businesses that are coming into the Dominican Republic. As I mentioned, we started as a wool coat manufacturer. That means it's textiles, mostly textiles. It was at during the 90s, it was 80% textiles, but currently textiles uh, account for less than 20%. So as you have to learn uh, medical devices, types of buildings, uh, electrical components, packaging clusters, it, it requires different types of, of labor training that we provide in the recruitment part, but also in 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 the technology that you have to put in the buildings to accommodate those types of industries. So, so I would I would say that the biggest challenge is, is the, the constant change of our services that we have to provide. Uh, it's an existing challenge. Uh -huh. And now you talk about this, like this change of industry that you guys did in the Zona Franca Navarrete. I just can't think of a similar case here in Colombia. For example, Zona Franca Interxona. It was also a special economic zone based on textile industry, and then they changed it and be more open with other industries. So I just wanted to ask you, which one do you think is most interesting industry you have in the zone right now? Well, um, we are starting with the medical devices industries, but um, currently the, the biggest growing uh, um, part is the sublimation for the United States. It's textile sublimation. It's a, it's a just-in-time business where it, it combines online ordering with the manufacturer. And, and it, it, it's a really interesting in, in, the, in the sense that it's a three-day turnover where, where, where someone orders a, a, a custom, custom uniforms and, and it's delivered in three days into the in northeastern United States. I, I believe that's, that's where the textile sector itself is going to grow here. Okay. And um, what do you think was the, like, the biggest or the hardest deal uh, to get from your son? Like the, the hardest um, a business or a new enterprise can, um, you know, be styled in the, in the seas? Well, we really believe that the, the ease of entry it has been key to a lot of our tenants and a lot of our business partners in the sense that, that whenever there is an opportunity for a new company to come do FDI, it, it needs to be easy. And, and we, we, have, we have a department just, just dedicated to getting the permits, to getting the, the labor, but not just, not just the labor, the labor training and, and, and to help 
the the start of operations in a speedy in a speedy way. I mean, we're we're we have we've had tenants that have been up and running in 90 days. It's hard, but it's it's part of what we think is our main competitive advantage currently. And those those departments you talk about that are in charge of the uh, permits and all the operational part are adaptive to technological changes, like for example, uh, artificial intelligence, automatization, on and blockchain, for example. We try, Michelle. We try, but it it, it goes down to to it goes back to the labor training we have. We have a training school at the park that, that's able to bring, because remember, 25 years ago, Navarrete and Santiago area, it, the first industries came in where, where it was main, makes, uh, you know, free zone parks are mainly for export, obviously. So, so the main, the, the, the only way we could start to make industrialization was by training the personnel. And it goes back to, to labor training. We have concentrating the industrial aspects, and and currently we have training in programming, and, and because there there are there is a lot of interest in simple programming for 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 labor intensive operations in in IT. So yes, we we, we try, and it's it's one of the main challenges that we do have the speed of training and and so on. And do you think COVID nineteen Representing a step forward or a step backward in your operations in the zone. Overall, it was it was obviously a, a step backward. We had a, we had we had a year where where there was a lot of uncertainty. But as we've gone out of it, and 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 this is in part because of the policies that have been taken by the local government, we look at it as a step forward. It helped a lot in the early stages of the COVID pandemic in the sense that we were able to centralize decision-making and information sharing throughout the park. We have 3,500 employees working at the park currently, and we were able to inform of the precautions. We were, the, we were able to vaccinate 100% of the personnel within 120 days. The mask wearing, and, but I think when we went centralized, when we were able to make decisions centralized, it, it has spread Throughout the other services that that we do at the park, we started a nonprofit supermarket during during the pandemic. We were able to to change the RFID codes for the securities to to come in. We made it through a QR code in the cell phones. We have very high uh, smartphone penetration in the Dominican Republic, and uh, yeah, so I think it changed our mindset in in the sense that it wasn't the tenant's responsibility to to organize this scenario. It was more of the park. So I think we were very successful in, in, in understanding that whenever you have to work in organizing a large amount of people, I think, I think that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the steps forward that we were able to do. Yeah, and maybe like improving the role of the operation manager right there, because he was not only about, like you say, taking care of the logistics, but also taking care of the people, like their feelings, taking support to the entrepreneurs, to the small um, and medium enterprise, like... Yeah, I agree with you, and it, and it could represent um, as much as a step forward, also a step backward. So I agree with you on that point. But taking into consideration all the challenges this son has overcome and this actual situation of Dominican Republic right now uh, in a post-pandemic scenario, how do you think the next 10 years look for you? Also for like for the son and for the country itself. Well, it, there is a there is a very positive mood within within the town of Navarrete and throughout the Dominican Republic currently, in the sense that because 
the supply chains have gone so tough throughout the, the world. The Dominican Republic is in, a, in an enviable uh, position to, to help with this. And, and that, that the same can be said for a lot of Latin American countries in that we can help ease a lot of these supply chain hiccups that have been going out throughout the world. There is, there is an industrial base and, and it's integrated with a lot of suppliers that we've changed. We currently, I mean, I, a lot of our, our suppliers have in the past 15 years come from Southeast and, and Central Asia. And we are now looking a lot closer to home in, in Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, and for a lot of our input. It takes some change because a lot of our processes have been geared to these uh, uh, Asian markets. But I think it presents an opportunity not only in cost, but also in in the quality of a lot of our products. So yes, we, we definitely are positive. We definitely feel positive and and I think I think one of the one of the that we we, we mentioned and and we have in our in our strategic plan for the next five is that the the the, the change for the, the change of industrialization for the future in in terms of of how information technology is going to change a lot of our industry and and I think we're well set to make the change we're hoping. Well, thank you, Martin, for answering those questions and for having this conversation with me today. Thank you so much. I think the people that is listening to our podcast will really appreciate the information you are giving us and the perspective and the overview you are giving out of, out of the country and how it will look for you. Your perspective is very valuable. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having us. Have a great day. Hope to keep talking to you. Perfect. Thank you. Have a good day.